At a time when information continues to come at us faster and faster, sometimes you need to hit pause and rewind. NPR's Throughline takes you back in time to the source of the news stories filling your feed. Find NPR's Throughline wherever you get your podcasts. Support for WABE comes from Capital Good Fund, introducing Georgia Bright Solar Lease Program, a new rooftop solar initiative designed to create pathways to equitable and inclusive solar, sustainability, and monthly savings for Georgians. Learn more at georgiabright.org. For Monday, May the 15th, 2023, it's The Brief from WABE. I'm Jim Burris. State regulators will vote tomorrow on a Georgia power price increase. As WABE's Molly Samuel reports, it's the second of three hikes expected this year. The Georgia Public Service Commission is considering a proposal to increase bills by close to $16 a month for a typical residential household. It's to cover the higher costs of fuels like coal and natural gas that are used in power plants. Rates went up once already in January, and bills will go up again later this year as the nuclear reactors under construction at Plant Vogel go into service. If it's approved, this increase will go into effect next month. Molly Samuel, WABE News. A former Clayton County Sheriff Victor Hill's chosen mode of transportation to serve 18 months at a federal prison in Forest City, Arkansas, is turning some heads. Hill posted this video to social media late Monday morning. It shows him approaching a business jet, briefcase in his left hand, and holding a cell phone to his ear with his right. He's wearing a Hawaiian shirt, cargo shorts, and sandals. As Hill boards the plane, he turns around and waves. It's unclear if there was a crowd. The plane's registration number is not visible. The Federal Bureau of Prisons listed Hill as not in its custody. A jury found Hill guilty last year of violating the civil rights of six detainees who were in his custody. Protesters are again calling on the Atlanta City Council to take action against the construction of the controversial police and firefighter training center in South DeKalb County. It's the area where a protester was shot and killed by state troopers during a clearing operation in January. Shemaine Cruz reports. The city council is expected to vote on new legislation in the coming weeks, authorizing more than $33 million in city funding for the Atlanta Public Safety Training Center, also known as Cop City. Before the legislation was introduced on Monday, dozens of protesters rallied against the project outside City Hall. They say council members have frequently said there's little they can do to stop it. Kamau Franklin is with Community Movement Builders. They decided to do what's good for them instead of doing what's good for black folks. Protesters also took their concerns inside, with hundreds speaking during public comment. Tana Taylor says she thinks the money could be better spent on improving the quality of life for residents of the Atlanta area. Nearly 10 in every 10,000 Georgia residents are currently experiencing homelessness. The Atlanta Police Foundation does not need this funding. The residents of Georgia and the Atlanta community does. The 85-acre facility is expected to cost $90 million, with the rest of the funding coming from the Police Foundation. Shemaine Cruz, WABE News. DeKalb County officials say they are collecting information and DNA from families of missing people in an effort to close cold cases. Alex Helmick has more. 
DeKalb's district attorney and medical examiner will attend an event this coming weekend where family members can continue the search for missing loved ones. They're asking people to bring photos, original police reports, and other important documentation that they can use to try to get closure for families and their open cases. Family members can also give DNA and turn over a genealogy database in an effort to link them with possible evidence in the system. Other groups will also be at the event, including the Black and Missing Foundation, Trans Doe Task Force, and the Bureau of Indian Affairs. Alex Helmick, WAB News. A Georgia sheriff says two people were killed and four others injured in Augusta when more than 150 shots were fired in a gunfight between rival motorcycle clubs. Richmond County Sheriff Richard Roundtree said 12 people had been arrested following the Saturday night shooting, including the four wounded people. Roundtree says 11 of those jailed on murder and aggravated assault charges came from out of town in what he called a coordinated attack. Investigators say the gunfight stemmed from a prior confrontation between members of the two rival clubs in Florida. With the federal pandemic emergency now expired, black women and Latinas in Georgia could face more economic instability. WABE's Marlon Hyde reports. Black women and Latinas faced disproportionate job losses, pay inequity and student debt during the pandemic and the economic downturn that came with it. That's according to an analysis by the nonpartisan Georgia Budget and Policy Institute. The public health emergency allowed more people to get health coverage through Medicaid, and nearly a million Georgians enrolled during the pandemic. But now, hundreds of thousands of low-income people and many families of color could lose that coverage. GBPI also says Georgia's cash assistance program doesn't cover enough people or provide enough money. The group recommends raising the state minimum wage, guaranteeing equal pay across genders, and providing paid family and medical leave for all workers. Marlon Hyde, WABE News. A supplier of graphite for electric batteries says it will invest $800 million to build a factory in southwest Georgia and hire 400 workers. Anovian Technology says it will make synthetic graphite anode in Bainbridge. Production of the key ingredient for lithium-ion batteries is supposed to start in 2025. The plant builds on Georgia's push to recruit makers of electric vehicles and their suppliers. Most battery graphite is currently made outside of the United States. Millions of Georgians will travel during the Memorial Day holiday and during the summer season. That's the forecast from motoring group AAA. Julian Virgin has more. 1.3 million Georgians will travel 50 miles or more away from home this upcoming season, according to AAA, a significant increase from last year and prior to the pandemic. Air travel demand is expected to increase as well, despite higher ticket prices. AAA's public affairs director, Garrett Townsend, attributes the increase to a thriving economy, travel comfort, and lower gas prices. Nothing is going to deter people from getting in the way of spending time with their family and friends. With the increase of motorists, the Georgia Department of Transportation will suspend construction during holiday travel weekends. Townsend urges travelers to plan ahead, focus on the task of driving, and to pack your patience. Julian Virgin, WABE News. Well, he's still got a year left in his high school career, but the nation's number one football recruit for 2024 committed to the University of Georgia today. Quarterback Dylan Rayola posted his choice to his social media account saying, Athens GA is home. I'm a dog. Go dogs. 
The six foot three, 220 pound Phoenix, Arizona athletes announcement is expected to bring other high profile recruits to formally commit to UGA. Former Atlanta Falcons quarterback Matt Ryan is joining CBS as an analyst, though he says that doesn't mean that he's retiring. Ryan was with the Falcons for 14 seasons before being traded to the Indianapolis Colts last year. It ended up being a disappointing season for him. He was benched twice, and the Colts ended up releasing him in March. The 37-year-old Ryan hasn't been picked up by another team yet. CBS announced he'll serve as a studio and game analyst across multiple platforms for the upcoming season. A new Atlanta arts and music festival celebrating Southeast Asian artists takes place this coming weekend. City Lights producer Summer Evans has more. The inaugural Kamai Arts and Music Festival is a free one-day block party featuring works by local Southeast Asian American artists. The idea for this festival came about after the spa shooting that happened in Atlanta that targeted Asian women. The attacks on elderly Asian Americans happening throughout the nation. Lily Madali is the festival's founder. And we wanted to create an event that highlighted the strength and empowered our community. We wanted them to see something beautiful and we wanted them to see resilience. The festival includes augmented reality experiences and a night market. It will also feature DJs, including Madali and her husband, Theo Celeste. But I'm good. The festival is in Underground Atlanta on Saturday, May 20th from 7 to 11 p.m. Summer Evans, WABE News. And that's it for The Brief. You can find more local news at WABE.org, including what it means for Georgia as it enters a new phase of the pandemic. Molly Samuel is our deputy managing editor. I'm Jim Burris. Amplifying Atlanta, this is 90.1 WABE. Sounds Like ATL is a music documentary series that takes an in-depth look at the artists amplifying Atlanta's famed music community. Built around a desire to highlight Atlanta's diverse and world-renowned music scene, each episode features unforgettable, intimate musical performances by fresh new musical guests, each with exclusive interviews about the stories behind their music. Listen to Sounds Like ATL, Saturday evenings at 7 on WABE and WABE.org. Ever wondered where to find the best dumplings in town? Curious about Atlanta's obsession with lemon pepper? Join us on Savory Stories, a new podcast as we uncover the untold tales behind Atlanta's culinary scene. From the roots of your favorite dishes to the creators that bring them to life, we're diving deep into the heart of the city's food culture. Listen to Savory Stories at wabe.org slash podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. W-A-B-E. 